Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. What is Barbara Corcoran saying about the housing market? How about Mike Simonson and Logan Matashami? Logan, hopefully I got that right this morning. What is going on in the housing market with rates going higher? What is going on in China? What is going on with a large acquisition happening in the credit card and banking arena? This is your daily financial news for Tuesday, February 20th. And I hope you are having an amazing day. Let's get into it first. Let's talk about what Barbara Corcoran has to say because I frankly agree with it. And I think I've said over the last couple of months, it's one of my greatest fears. I don't want this to happen. So what is Barbara talking about? Barbara is talking about if mortgage rates get 30-year mortgage rates, 30-year fix, owner OCK, gets a five handle on it, that she expects the housing market to rip higher, possibly 10 to 15%. I again have to agree. And again, I do not want this to happen. I want us to um, spend some time in the sixes, even if it's in the low sevens, uh, because we need time to heal the housing market. The Fed broke housing and we don't, we don't get better by whipsawing rates causing demand to reaccelerate uh, while supply does not. We need, we need time. If the 53-year spreadsheet told us anything, the 53-year spreadsheet says it takes years to fix a broken housing market. Again, if you don't know what I'm referring to, go back to the 53-year spreadsheet, look at the 1978 to 1992 era, and you will see what happened to transactions. Transactions crashed 60%, and it took a decade plus to get back. We do not want rates in the fives, certainly not this year, but it could happen. But again, so that is what Barbara has bought, brought to the table. I think she's right. I don't want it to happen, but we shall see. I don't know if you heard this, but it looks like Capital One. Capital One is looking to acquire Discover, Discover, yeah, Discover Financial Services. $35.3 billion. Folks, one of the things we talked about I talked about it last year and I told you what was going to happen in 2024. It's going to be the year of acquisitions. It's going to happen. It is happening. Why did I call it early? Why is it already proving correct? Well, you're going to see companies take out weaker competitors. You are going to see companies who have strong balance sheets use it to grow. And this is predictable. And again, we called it early. It's happening already. Not to be outdone. Walmart. Yes, folks, Walmart is making an acquisition. Let me make sure I get it. TV maker Vizio, yeah, Vizio, in a $2.3 billion. Why the heck is Walmart buying Vizio? 
Walmart is trying to strengthen their ad business, a la Amazon and others. So folks, we are gonna see the strong get stronger. We are gonna see the weak be sold for parts or become a tool in somebody else's bag. This is what we called last year and it is already happening. Again, the strong get stronger, they take out the weak competitors. The other thing to note about the discovery deal, all stock, all stock, no cash. There you go. Alrighty, folks, let's talk about China. It looks like China is starting to realize they have created a monster in the real estate area. They are trying to stoke demand. How do you stoke demand for housing? You cut rates. Yes, folks, it looks like China is cutting rates on some of their key loans. They have also cut reserve ratio requirements for banks. Why is that? Again, they're, they're trying to get the demand cycle going. They are trying to incent banks to lend. Again, it is not happening. They have structurally broken the psyche of the consumer. They are in a deflationary spiral. It is bad now if they don't fix it, if they don't go full bazooka, it could get really, really bad. We China could be you know, calling a black swan, right? Calling something a black swan early, it's really not a black swan, right? Because it's got to come from left field or right field or whatever the saying is. But there, I don't know what it would be, but there's, there's something lurking out there. So uh, right now it looks like the, the Chinese government, central control are tinkering around the edges. They're going to have to go full, full crazy to stop and then ultimately return the deflationary spiral. They got to stop it first because right now it is not happening. Uh, let's talk about something I read on CNBC Make It. CNBC Make It, uh, you can read the article. I found it today. Uh, CNBC Make It, it talked about five charts, five charts highlighting that today the economy, the consumer is in better shape. Uh, just a, I just wrote them down. I thought it was pretty interesting. The consumer sentiment, consumer sentiment bottomed June of 22. That's almost two years ago at 50. And again, these numbers don't matter. It's the trend and the degree of movement. By January of 24, it is now 79. That is over 50% move. The consumer is feeling better. Makes sense. How about inflation? Obviously, inflation uh, is still a problem. We got a, a reading that was higher than expected. Uh, inflation peaked at 9.1 several years ago, now 3.1. I believe with the real, uh, you know, with the housing backlog that that will go lower, right? Shelter, uh, but we shall see. The really, 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 really important part of inflation and not enough people are talking about this. We have gone from a real wage growth of negative 2.5%. Think about that. For about 18 months, I think it was 20 months, wages were negative. What does that mean? That means you're going to work busting your ass and you are falling farther and farther behind. That's not good. What has happened in the last, really the last six, maybe eight months? 
Well, wages have turned positive, real wages, not only nominal, but real wages have turned positive, and that is a good thing. Real wages as of today, as of the last reading, were 2%, 2, 2.1%, depending on who you look at. That is a good thing. We need real wages to be positive. Uh, I would like to see them continue this trend, if not go higher, to make up for that uh, cycle lows that we've had for, for 18 to 20 months. How about the unemployment rate? Obviously, we peaked in double digits. It is now sitting at a cycle low of 3.7. We got to remember, though, that unemployment is that lagging indicator. So while this is true, while the economy is strong, we have certainly seen, at least in tech, an increase in job cuts, I think about 80,000 in January. So this is not, this is one to look at. Unemployment is always that one that's like, hmm, is that last lag gonna fall? And then finally, stocks. Man, as early, or as, yeah, as recent as October, like October's like yesterday in the scheme of things. The S&P 500 was at 4,100. Today, obviously, it has crested the 5,000 mark. That is a 20% move in what, four months, five months? Pretty wild to think about. Does feel kind of top heavy to me, but hey, I'm not your stock guy. Some of you have asked about where the uh, interviews or discussion with Dan Bird were this Sunday. He was at our event and um, thus no show. I'm gonna ask him if he can do something tomorrow, but again, he is a busy guy, so we shall see if we get lucky. Um, worst case, we will catch up with him next Sunday. So let's talk about housing, housing, housing. Let's first go to Mike Simonson, just because the data is right in front of me, uh, talking about what happened last week. Again, if you're not following Altos Research, you are missing out. They have a YouTube channel. I follow them on X or Twitter. But here we go. Inventory. What is happening with inventory? Because this is the deal. If we're going to see some catastrophic collapse or crash in real estate, you're going to see it in inventory first. So what happened? Inventory week on week, down. Now not down a lot, but down 0.1%. Year on year, some of you are looking at year on year statistics, inventory is up 13%, but let's not get it twisted. Last February was a horrible month and not a lot was going on. But again, year on year up 13%. Week on week, down again. I think last week was down as well. How can that be? We saw 63,000 63, new, um, new listings. We saw 13,000 of them go immediately pending. Hence the addition of 50,000 actives to the market. So if you're adding 50,000, and inventory go active inventory goes down demand greater than supply at least by a little bit in this case point 0.1 one of the things that you have to have to have to have to watch out if you're investing in the southeast you know florida louisiana that that area of the country it does look like inventory is a problem if i was in those markets i would be very conservative. Florida to me, this is my opinion, I don't buy in Florida, but just looking at the numbers and the stats, Florida is setting to, up to be like Austin last year. If you guys don't know what happened in Austin, 
Austin saw something like a 10% drop in values because inventory exploded. Again, shout out Mike Simonson at Alto's Research. Inventory in uh, Florida, Louisiana, Texas is back to 2019 levels. If you guys are watching Resi Club or you get Resi Club analytics reports, you will know that that part of the country, look and look, it looks very different than the rest of the country. Now, to be clear, even if Florida cracks and Florida drops 10%, not my call, don't know the market, I'm doing a what if. What if Florida falls 10%? Does that mean the country falls 10%? No, that's not how it works. The people calling for a housing crash because they think Florida is in trouble don't understand how the system works. But yes, in your local market, in the Southeast, in Florida, you could see pain. Watch inventory, watch your buy box, watch days on market. It's all data you should have. If you don't know where to get historical data, no better place than Resi Club. Uh, look up Lance Lambert in Resi Club. Uh, he's got the best set of data down to zip codes. It is pretty, pretty impressive. So what else is going on Altos Research? Pendings. Pendings are up 9%. Again, remember demand. Pendings are up 9% year on year. That's how you can add inventory and then get less actives is demand is up. Price cuts. Everybody wants to be, wants to scream crash. Price cuts. 30%, 30% of the active listings have seen at least one price cuts. But as always, remember, the average at any time is 31%. 31% of active listings over decades have had price cuts. So today at 30%, we are actually below the average. Alrighty, folks, we can talk about Walmart and Home Depot because again, remember, we wanted to watch retail sales. What is going on? Walmart. Beat top line, beat bottom line. So we are seeing Walmart consumer spend more, shop there more. They're not yet, at least by the data, trading down to the dollar store, if you will. So Walmart beat top line, beat bottom line. They are making that acquisition of 2.3 billion with Vizio. They also increased their dividend. Uh, Walmart increased their dividend by over 9%. So this is their yearly raise. Home Depot, Home Depot is important. What's going on there? Again, Home Depot beat top line, beat bottom line. Uh, they also upped their dividend. Home Depot upped their dividend for the 16th year in a row. If you like your dividends, uh, apparently Walmart and Home Depot have done some good things. One thing we got from Home Depot is they are saying that the consumer buying patterns are going back to normal. They didn't say what normal was, but normal to me is 2019. They also said that consumers are returning to the store, but they are doing smaller projects. Makes total sense to me. In 2020, one and two, what we were doing, we were doing backyards and we were updating and we were creating this, that, the other. Uh, so again, it looks like we are normalizing at least at first cut in the housing market. Alrighty folks, let's get to Logan and what Logan had to say. Uh, Logan is often battling the crash bros, which I respect. I don't know how Logan does that every day. It's exhausting. I just block those idiots. But what Logan put out this morning was very important, just so you understand the context. If you think, this is just facts, if you think we are set up today to repeat 2008 to 2011, let me just lay this in your lap as Logan has done so well. 
Did you know from 2008 to 2011, we averaged between 250 and 400,000 new listings a week. I'll say that again, 250 to 400,000 new listings a week. All right, what are we doing today? Well, we're doing somewhere between 30 and 90,000. So again, folks, if you think we are set up for a repeat, you will need to see new listings go up more and more and more. This thing takes time. The other thing that you need to remember that these crash bros have forgotten is four years from 2004 to 2008, we saw an increasing dis uh, cycle of distressed credit. They were getting more and more loans. The lending market got drunk on its own supply and got broken. It was that cycle that became the pain that was the GFC. Think about the lending environment from 2018 to 2022. These are real loans with real files. If you ever tried to get a loan done the last four years, it was not easy. I remember at the end of the last cycle, signing a blank loan form saying, don't worry, we've got your numbers. Folks, that's not how it's supposed to work. So very, very cool. And then lastly, we talked, I believe it was yesterday about the most important economic report. It came out this morning. It was the leading economic indicators. So we're going to go over the numbers, but then we have to ask ourselves a question. We have to ask ourselves the following question, but let's go over the numbers first. Leading economic indicators, negative 0.4. In this case, negative bad. Expectations were negative 0.3. So again, worse than expected. Last was negative 0.2. So not only were they worse than expected, not only are they negative, but they seem to be accelerating or trending in a not good direction. But let's ask ourselves this question. First and foremost, did you know the leading economic indicators have been negative, negative 23 months in a row? Not good. The last time we were negative 23 months in a row was 2007 to 2009. 2007 to 2009 was the worst of the worst for the GFC. How can that be? Because if you look at today, which again is the 23rd negative month, and the, only, the last time that happened was the GFC, how can we be at all-time highs? I think there's only two outcomes. I think there's only two outcomes from here. One, the bubble, the whatever you want to call it, is blowing up to unknown and unfathomable heights. Maybe, maybe. Or, or, the economy is still gorging, digesting, whatever you want to call it, $9 trillion in stimulus and spending. My guess, my opinion is, you know, this is the pig and the python. We, we have still all this capital in the market. 
and um, the economy is still trying to figure it out. Now again, as I said in point one, it certainly, certainly could be an environment that the bubble is just blowing up to some unknown levels and there's some catastrophic collapse coming. I'm not giving my opinion. It's, it could happen. But I don't think it's unreasonable to look at this as the economy's got $9 trillion or whatever the number is of cash and all of this cycling through. And it's, it's, just not, it's just not a normal economy, right? And again, where I go back to is I think a lot of folks who are calling for a hard landing, they're not appreciating the unfathomable amount of cash in the system. And it just, it works itself out in an unusual way. And then lastly, let's give a shout out to uh, the Uneducated Economist. The Uneducated Economist was at the event this weekend and more and more folks are calling him the Educated Economist. Uh, but yes, Simon from Uneducated Economist, he hit it hard. What I wanna talk about is the notion that the Fed has changed to an average 2% inflation, right? This whole talk of a 2% inflation target, that ain't it, folks. They are talking about an average 2% inflation. And the beauty about this is they've left it undefined. What is the timeline? Is it four quarters? Is it 16 quarters? Is it this? Is it that? Simon did an excellent job of helping us understand that the Fed is playing a, um, really the Fed in the media is playing this game of look over here, look over here. But in reality, they have a different, different uh, target. So very, very cool. Then folks, let's do some congratulations. Yes, folks, we have a follower who closed their first deal and three deals after that, talking about uh, getting deals done last year. George, George, I wanna congratulate you on getting your deals done. Your cards will be in the mail. Folks, if you close your first deal and I've helped you in any way, you get a gold card. If you happen to close additional deals, I will send you these black cards. You can get unlimited black cards. I think I handed out to one gentleman over the weekend 12 black cards. Again, if I helped you in any way, let me know you closed the deal last year. It doesn't matter. I am an easy grader. Don't overthink it. If I helped you, let me know. We will mail you some cards. And remember, these are goals that I track weekly. So let's see where we are going. Like, subscribe, comment. We got 175 people, blah, 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 blah. 175 people watching live. You guys are amazing. Thank you for being here every morning, but we've only got 30 thumbs up. Help me out. Help a brother out. All right, everybody. Take care of yourself. Have an amazing day. Bye.